Portico. It is great to have you here today, and uh, I'm going to do something that I don't always do, but I want to pray before we, before we share this word this morning. So will you just bow your heads with me, and uh, let's just receive from the Holy Spirit this morning. Father God, we are thankful today, Lord, for this incredible sense and spirit of worship. Thank you for freedom, Lord, that you have purchased for us on the cross. And I pray that this word today, God would find a resting place in our hearts, and that, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, chains will be broken in this place this morning, and lives will be healed. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't, don't want you to think that I don't normally pray before I get up and preach. I do that a lot, uh, just not always right here, right? And so, uh, God bless you. It's great to have you here. Welcome to Portico, especially if you are visiting with us today, whether you're here in the room or if you are connecting from our video cafe or from the chapel. We want to welcome you today, these on-site venues, or also if you're connecting with us online this morning. Welcome to Portico, and it's great to have you with us. I want you to take out your Bibles, and we're going to turn to the book of Romans. And if you don't have a Bible, our ushers are ready to help you with that. If you need to borrow one this morning, just slip your hand up nice and high. And our ushers will bring one to you. Thank you, ushers, for serving us in that way. And while they're doing that, if you want to take out your sermon notes, if you like the paper ones, they're in your bulletin, or you can go with your electronic device to Uversion, to the Uversion app, and find us under live events, and the notes will be there. We are nearing the end of our series called Paradox. Finding the Truth in Contradictions. And we have been looking together at some of the truths in the Bible, in Scripture, that just don't seem to make sense. Statements that seem illogical. Axioms that contradict themselves. Things like, the last will be first. Or, that we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. We talked about how that we can find strength through weakness. And then last week, we we talked about having joy in the midst of our adversity. How many of you found that to be just a great and challenging message last week? We're all going through some stuff, aren't we? And it's important that we choose joy in the midst of adversity. If you didn't hear that message, I want to challenge you, go out to our website, to the media page, and you can listen to it there, watch it on video, or uh, if you don't uh, subscribe to our podcast, the podcast, I'm sure if you subscribe, you get that automatically. But it was a great message last week that Pastor Doug shared on having joy in adversity. So we're going to look at a couple of more before we're done. We just, we're down to the last two paradoxes this week and next week. And today we're looking at one out of the book of Romans, as I mentioned. If you have Romans open in your Bible, we're going to look at chapter 6 together. Chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading at verse 16. And you can follow along with me as I read. Here's what Paul writes. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now... Offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. 
What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now, now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word today. What a powerful passage from scripture. And the paradox that we're talking about today is this, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are enslaved for freedom. We're enslaved for freedom. Now, I don't have to explain to you, I don't think, why that is such a paradox. Once again, these two concepts, they're polar opposites, slavery and freedom. They don't go together. But the mystery here is that Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he says to them, before you were slaves to sin, that is what you chose. But now you have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. Set free to become slaves, enslaved for freedom. And that's what we want to talk about for a little while this morning. Here's what I know. Whether you follow Jesus or not, you know you understand the pull toward becoming enslaved. I think every one of us does. And if you don't think that you are subject to that pull, to the pull of temptation, then you're really only kidding yourself. Matthew 26 and 41, Jesus was talking to his disciples. Remember, they were praying in the garden, and and the disciples were having a hard time staying awake. Jesus said to them, watch and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Does that resonate with you today? The spirit is willing? I'm in. But the flesh is weak sometimes. We have great intentions. We have great resolve. We don't ever wish to be a slave to anything especially sinful things or wrong things. But while the spirit is often willing, the flesh is weak. Temptation is like a magnet. It's like a bright light whose beauty is pulling us in. And the result can leave us stuck in its magnetic pull. Or the consequences can be even much worse. I want you to watch this little video clip that helps to explain what I'm trying to say to you this morning. Let's watch together. Enough said. I can't help it. It's so beautiful, right? We have all of this temptation that goes on in our life. So we're going to look at this together and see if we cannot unravel this paradox so that it makes some sense for us today. Enslaved for freedom. And the first thing I want you to fill out if you're filling out your notes is this. We are all enslaved by something. We're all enslaved by something. Romans 6, Paul, Paul said it in our text in verse 16, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey. You are slaves of the one you obey. Everyone is a slave to something. We become slaves to the things or the people that we, that we offer ourselves to, as Paul puts it. This can be as simple and as innocuous as a daily routine that we are faithful to in our lives. Not a big deal, but we can sometimes become a slave to those things, to that routine every day. Or it can be as deadly 
as a, as a crippling addiction. And we're all enslaved by something. And I want you to look at these next few slides just to give you some idea. Here's the first one. Ah, Starbucks coffee. Now, before you point your finger at me, you just go ahead and put your own favorite brand in there, whatever your daily coffee, you know, brand is. I don't want to mention that other, you know, place. But anyway, um, I love Starbucks. Anybody, everybody know that? Okay, I thought maybe you did. Uh, Starbucks coffee. But whatever, you can insert your own brand of coffee or tea or other specialty drink that is a part of your daily routine here. Of course, I'm not enslaved by coffee. I could quit any time. Right? What about this next one? Okay, now just for a minute, let's do this together because the picture's up there. Just kind of breathe in. Can you smell it? The power of suggestion, it's amazing, isn't it? Cinnabon. Or maybe for you it's Krispy Kreme, right? Over on Mavis Road at Mavis and Matheson, in case you didn't know where it was. Uh, Krispy Kreme, whatever that is, you know, you got a little bit of a sweet tooth and you get pulled sometimes toward that. We can can become enslaved by those sweet things. It's kind of like the, I like the story about the woman who, uh, she was on a very strict diet, and so she prayed on her way to work. She said, Lord, if it's your will for me to stop this morning at the bake shop and get a cinnamon bun, then let there be a parking spot available right in front of the bakery. (laughs) And sure enough, on the fourth time around the block, there it was. (laughs) We're all enslaved by something. How about this next one? Coca-Cola, American Express, Starbucks, Visa. Put your favorite brand in there. Consumerism enslaves a lot of people in our world today. Buying the latest and the best. Sadly, sometimes, whether we can afford it or not. And how about that new iPhone that's coming out in September, right? The 6S. Is anybody sort of scoping that one? Right? We're all enslaved by something. We like to buy the newest and the latest and, you know, put it on credit or don't pay until 2037 or whatever, however that works. What about the next one? This is going to start to get a little, a little intense now. Gossip. I would ask you how many of you have a problem with gossip, but none of you would admit it. But here's what I need you to know. Did you know that, that just because it's true doesn't make it Okay. You say, well, I only share true information. I have news for you. If it's hurtful or if it's not your information to share, it's still gossip, even if it's true. Here's the next one. Alcohol. We all recognize that alcohol abuse is a a huge problem in our society. It can enslave you if you are not careful. Or this next one, pornography. I I just read this week that Hilton Hotels... The Hilton Hotel chain has announced that they are removing all of the on-demand pornography from their hotel chains because this type of service is not in keeping with their vision and goals as a company. Way to go, Hilton Hotels. They recognize that the pornography industry contributes to sexual exploitation and even human trafficking. And so instead of capitalizing on this addiction that many men struggle with, they are taking the high road and removing it from their hotels. They are the fifth major chain to do this in recent years. I think that's amazing. It's a step in the right direction because we're all enslaved by something. And I don't, I don't point any fingers, but, but guys, 
This is a big, big problem in our world today. And it's starting to be a statistical problem with, with women as well on the rise. How about the next one? Drug addiction. Although also a huge problem in our world. And we sometimes think it's just about the, the crack and the heroin addicts on the street. But this problem has crept into suburban households where every day people are getting hooked on prescription painkillers and other medications found right in their own medicine cabinets. And here's what you also need to know. Be careful. Because statistics say that young people who are getting hooked on prescription drugs are finding them in your house. That's where it starts. The definition of the word addiction is the state of being enslaved. That's interesting. The state of being enslaved to a habit or practice or to something that is psychologically or physically habit-forming. So we're all enslaved by something. The question is what? What are you a slave to? Second Peter 2.19 says, They promised them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If, you are, if you've got your Bible open, you might want to underline just that little sound bite. That's the one. People are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Good or bad, we are all slaves to something. Here's the second thing. Humanity has been enslaved by sin. Humanity has been enslaved by sin. Now, this is the big picture. This is the human condition. The world has a sin problem. David in Psalm 51 said, I was born in sin. I was shapen in iniquity, if you are a fan of the King James Version. I'm sorry, that's how I memorized it, so that's how it comes out sometimes. I was born that way. I was born that way. Paul picks up in Romans, and he reminds us quite clearly that no one is exempt from this. Romans 3 and verse 23 says, For who? All. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is why temptation is such a huge issue for us. We have a predisposition toward sinning. It's born in us as members of the human race. Since the opening scene of the humanity drama, when Adam and Eve gave in to the serpent's temptation and disobeyed God's command in the Garden of Eden, they were not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, they sealed the fate of the human race. And because God is holy, we are now forever separated from Him because of this sin problem. Humanity is enslaved by sin. Now, a lot of people don't believe that. Many don't understand even the concept of sin or of sinning against God, but that doesn't change the fact that humanity is enslaved by sin. Those who don't believe in God obviously don't feel they can sin against Him. Others feel like, you know, followers of Jesus sometimes, that because of God's grace, because God loves us so much, that maybe He looks the other way when we sin, or, or somehow He understands our struggle, and therefore we, just can't, we can just keep on doing what we've been doing. I have news for you. God does understand your struggle. He wants to forgive, but you need, you need to turn from sin and to God and stop doing those things that you used to do. Sin is still sin. The Apostle John said it this way, 1 John 1 and 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So slice it any way you want. Explain it away if you think you can, but it doesn't change anything. Sin is sin. We deceive ourselves if we think otherwise. And John goes a step further here and he says that we are actually lying to ourselves and to everyone else when we try to do this. When we claim we don't have sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In John 8, 
uh, Jesus was teaching those who were following him and had believed in him. And he said to them, he said, if you hold to my teaching, do what I'm telling you, then, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, the Pharisees, they pushed back on that. They said, no, 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 no. We're, we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anybody. We don't need to be set free. But Jesus responded to them in verse 34 of John chapter 8, and here's what he said. He said, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone who sins. And there it is. Humanity is enslaved by sin. No way around it. It's the human condition. But we don't want to focus there this morning. I have other news I want to get to you to, to, to and, and tell you about. That's the good news, and that is this. Write it down in your notes. You, you have been rescued from bondage. You have been rescued from bondage. I love how in the Old Testament, God introduces this theme of rescue. Through the story of the children of Israel who were enslaved, here's the word picture, they were enslaved by the Egyptians, and it was a foreshadowing of what God intended to do with the entire human race through His Son, Jesus Christ. And in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, we read these words about God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them. Isn't that powerful? I have seen, I have heard, I am concerned, I have come down to rescue. Exodus 3, 7, and 8. It's not on the screen, but write it down in your notes. It's a great one to review. God called Moses then to lead the people of Egypt, or of Israel, out of Egypt and toward the promised land. And this deliverance from slavery in Egypt was a picture of what God would eventually do through His Son, Jesus Christ, for everyone who would put their faith in Him. Once again, God would come down in the form of His Son, Jesus, and would rescue humanity from slavery, the slavery that we are, that we are enslaved by sin from. And so we go back to our text in Romans 6, verse 16 and 17, Paul writes, and he says, Thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from the heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. I love that language. And you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So there's the paradox. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. If we look at Paul's teaching in Romans, we find that he's, he's telling the Roman church that by faith in Jesus Christ and, and belief in his death on the cross and his resurrection, we are forgiven of our sins. And when that happens, Paul talks about it like he says we are justified by our faith. Now that word justified, it's kind of a, it's a theological word. We know, we know what justified means in our, in our vernacular. But it's, it's a theological concept here. And if you have trouble remembering what it's about, then let me tell you what my college professor told me a hundred years ago in college. Or not a hundred, but a long time. But I remember it, and that's the key. He said, being justified by faith means that when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, God looks at me just as if I'd never sinned. 
Isn't that good? Just as if I'd never sinned. Justified. And so God looks at us that way. And that's what Paul says here, that when we obey Christ's teaching, when we hold to his teaching, we are set free from sin. And it becomes just like we never did it before. We have been rescued from bondage. Paul uses an illustration of death to help us understand this. He says it's like being crucified with Christ. We die to the old life, and we are raised again to new life in Jesus. At the end of chapter 5, he explains that, that grace and forgiveness of our sins came through the obedience of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that through Christ we have eternal life. So because Jesus was obedient to the Father, because he was obedient and came and died on the cross, that is why we have grace and forgiveness. You go back to John chapter 8, to Jesus, you know, dealing with the Pharisees, and let's hear it directly from his mouth. We've been rescued from slavery. We've been brought into the family. Verse 35 of that same chapter says, Jesus says, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son son belongs to it forever. Isn't that good? A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son has a permanent place forever. God goes on, or Jesus goes on in the next verse, and referring to himself, he says it this way, so if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. If the son sets you free, you are free indeed. And here's the promise. Here's the promise from from Paul's writing again in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, and I love this language. He says, for he has rescued us. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Folks, you have been rescued from bondage. And some of you struggle with that. Some of you are not living like you have been rescued. You constantly are getting pulled back into that slavery to those sinful things. And to help you understand this, to help you know that this works, I want you to hear a story right from here in our own church. And we're going to watch just this video testimony together. Let's watch the screens. You unravel me with a melody I was trapped in a cycle of addiction to pornography and sex for just over 25 years. It took me to being outgoing, to being isolated, to being trapped in a double life, lying to everybody. Because I was so consumed with living this life, I, I couldn't hear God's voice. So he started to use other people to reach out to me and speak to me. And that initially led to me seeking freedom. A lot of people went out of their way to, to help somebody they didn't even know. Two pastors showed up at my house because I wouldn't step foot in the church. Um, I sat there and listened to what they had to say for months and after that there was many other people who reached out out of kindness to somebody they didn't know just wanted to help me succeed. 
I had to start dealing with my doubt and my fear. And in the beginning, even after I was saved, I would be throwing up my hands and coming to church and praising God and then going out and doing all kinds of illicit things after. So once I started to deal with my doubt about God himself and, and then get over my fear of being found out of what, what I really was, after that things started to move forward. I continued to be honest with those around me, my wife, my, my parents even. I have people that hold me accountable. The difference between then and now is also I'm giving back, I'm serving other guys that are, are struggling with this as well. It's, it's not about me, it's no longer about me, it's, it's about God's glory. We're all enslaved by something. For Steve, it was an addiction to sex and pornography, but it never ends there, does it? It grew into being a slave to fear, the fear of being found out for who he really was, the fear that God would not forgive him, the fear that, that his life would be over, that, that he would no longer be able to be a part of God's family. But I'm so grateful that Steve found help through those pastors, whoever they were, and he discovered the freedom that is found through Jesus Christ. He has been rescued from bondage, and now he serves Jesus and encourages others with his story. And Steve was in our first service this morning, and uh, I just, I want you to honor him because it takes a lot of courage to stand in front of a camera and to give a testimony like that. And so, Steve, we thank you. He's not here. But Steve is also helping other men find freedom. Did you notice what he said at the end? He said, it's not about me anymore. It's no longer about me. It's all about God's glory. And Steve has chosen now to be a slave to God. Because we need to choose, we need to choose what will enslave us. And so that's, that's my last thought today. You must choose what will enslave you. Steve has chosen righteousness. He has chosen right living. He has chosen accountability. He has chosen to serve Jesus with all his heart and all his life. And, and he has made that choice, and you too must choose what will enslave you. Romans 6 and verse 19, Paul says, I'm using an example from everyday life. Because of your human limitations, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. We're all enslaved by something, and that is true today. And here's the thing. We have been rescued from the bondage of sin, but being set free from sin is just the first step. The second is that we need to replace those things that held us captive and held us in bondage with new good things that connect us to the God life that we now want to live. Jesus used an illustration one time about an impure spirit in the Bible. He said there was an impure spirit who who left a person, came out of a person, and went looking for another place to occupy. And then this spirit, not finding any place, came back to the original person. It says, came back to the house or to that person that it left. And when it returned, here's what the Spirit found. It found the place swept clean and empty. Swept clean and empty so that it brought with it seven more evil spirits so that the final condition of that person was worse than the first time. It's a powerful illustration. The lesson here is this, that we have to shift 
our allegiance. Just like we offered ourselves as slaves to sin in the past, we now have to offer ourselves as slaves to righteousness, which leads to holiness. We've got to fill the void. The danger is when there's a vacuum. When we, don't, when we decide that we are going to turn from sin, but we don't fully turn to God and nurture a healthy relationship with Him and talk to Him, communicate to Him through prayer and reading His Word and obedience to the practices that help us to live the way God wants us to live and to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And this is critical to remaining free from the bondage of sin. Paul goes on in Romans 6 and verse 22, and we don't have it on the screen, but he says, Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. The result is eternal life. And Paul talks about it earlier in the chapter. He says, We know that our old self was crucified with him, with Jesus, so that the the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. It's not enough just to die to your sin. You've got to live to God. You have to live the, the Christ life that He calls us to. Paul goes on. He says that Jesus died for sin once and for all. And now the life that He lives, He lives to God, and we need to do the same. Look at Romans 6 and verse 11. In the same way, Paul says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. All of this is about understanding our nature and the restrictions that our nature poses to us. Remember, before we met Christ, we were by nature sinful. But when we die with Christ, when we die with Christ and He rescues us, We have to take on a new nature. There is a new life that we take on. We are now to be dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And this new nature requires that we exercise some constraint within the limits of our nature. Tim Keller puts it this way in his book, The Reason for God. He says, says, a fish, because it absorbs oxygen from water rather than air, is only free if it is restricted and limited to water. If we put it out on the grass, its freedom to move and even live is not enhanced, but is actually destroyed. The fish dies if we do not honor the reality of its nature. Freedom, instead of being the lack of limits and the absence of constraints, which is what a lot of us think, right? We think freedom is just kind of do whatever you want, but that's not what freedom is all about. Tim Keller says it is submitting ourselves to the limits of our nature just like the fish. And here's a picture that illustrates for us today. Did she save a fish from drowning? No. So if we do not honor the reality of our new nature as followers of Jesus and submit ourselves to those healthy boundaries and limits, then we are in danger of not fully realizing the experience of new life. We must choose to live within the boundaries of our new nature in Jesus Christ in order to enjoy new life and to grow and thrive as those who have been rescued, who have been set free from bondage. I love what 1 Peter says in chapter 2 and verse 16. It's so clear. Peter writes, he says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. 
Live as God's slaves, as servants of Almighty God, as those who give yourself willingly to serve Him as Lord and Master. And so we've all been enslaved. We are all enslaved by something. Humanity has been enslaved by sin, but you have been rescued from bondage today. You need to learn to live in that freedom. You have to choose what will enslave you. And if you don't hear anything else I've said today, I hope that you did, but if you don't hear anything else, you need to hear this. There is no reason, absolutely no reason, if you have come to Christ, for you to continue in slavery to sin. You no longer need to be slaves to sin. The price has been paid for your freedom. The work that Jesus did on the cross is finished, and it's enough. It's all been paid in full. You must choose Jesus, though. You must choose what will enslave you, because you are going to have opportunities every day to choose the other way. Did you know that? You're going to have opportunities every single day to choose the other way. Remember, sin, it's knocking at your door. I didn't make up that word picture. God said that to Cain. Remember the story of Cain and Abel? Remember that that Abel brought an offering and Cain brought an offering and, and Abel's was pleasing to God, but God was not pleased with Cain's and Cain was mad. He was angry and he was brooding. And God actually came and he spoke to Cain. And here's what he said in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7. He said, Cain, you're going to be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out Sin is crouching at the door. It's not just knocking. It's, it's lying in wait so that when you open that door, it will jump on you and, and pull you back into slavery. Sin is crouching at the door. It is eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Folks, you are no longer slaves. You are no longer slaves to sin. You are master over sin. Because of what Christ has done for us, you now can choose to be a slave to Jesus Christ. Jesus not only wants to be your Savior, He needs to be your Lord, to be your Master, to be the leader of your life, the one that you willingly tie yourself to and commit to faithfully serve. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to lord it over you and, and be like a slave driver. That's not what it's about. He would never do that because he's given you the freedom to choose. And because he loves you and he wants you to choose to serve him back, to love him back. And so we're going to pray in just a moment. And then we're going to respond in worship. But I, I know that a message like this can sometimes call for further response or action. And so we want you to know our pastoral team is here to help you. We we can talk to you. We can refer you to excellent counselors if there are things that you need some help with. But we also have groups where you can find accountability and where you can know and be known and find the support that Steve talked about. Places like our community life groups or the men's groups that that meet and, and deal with that specific area of pornography and addiction. If you don't know Jesus, we have an Alpha program that will be starting in just a little while. And and if you're investigating faith and need to know more, you need to check that out. Please, please, please don't do this journey alone. You no longer need to be slaves to sin. And know this. 
Know this, the price for your freedom is paid. Freedom from alcohol, from drugs, from pornography addiction, from compulsive lying or adultery or gossip or gluttony or bulimia or fear or insecurity or doubt or depression or loneliness. Folks, you have been rescued from all of that. Amen? So whatever you struggle with today, whatever it is you need from God today, I want you just, we're going to pray, just... Turn your hands to heaven like this and let's receive together. Father, in the name of Christ, Lord, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for the price that you paid for our freedom. Lord, that we can choose to be enslaved for freedom. And God, I ask you this morning for every person in this room, Lord, for those who are your followers but who struggle, God, who are enslaved by something, Maybe no one else knows, but God, they know, and you know. And I pray that in this moment, Holy Spirit, that you will just begin to work and to speak to their hearts. God, you don't condemn us when we sin, but you do convict us, and you call us, Lord, to something higher. And so I pray today, Let the convicting power of your Holy Spirit grip our hearts this morning. And Father, work in us today. And God, I pray for others who are here today and they've never said yes to Jesus. They've never walked this faith journey. And Lord, today maybe is their day. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you work in their hearts? And and just with every head bowed and nobody looking around, please, please observe the, the privacy of this moment. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Jeff, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord, as my Savior. I, I didn't know what it meant to, for Him to be the leader of my life. And, and I understand what you're talking about. I'm, I'm pulled in those sinful directions. I do wrong things. I'm enslaved by stuff. And I just need to say yes to Jesus this morning for the very first time. If that's you and you're here today, I just want you to slip your hand up nice and high. All I want to do is pray for you. I don't want to point you out. I don't want to point my finger. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to pray that God will meet with you today. So if you say, yes, pastor, that's me. I need Jesus. I need to say yes to him today. Slip your hand up nice and high. Yes, thank you. I'm just going to wait for a moment. Are there others? Thank you. Yes, anyone else? You can put them down. Are there others this morning? I want to take as long as it takes today. Is there anyone else? Just while we wait for a moment. I need Jesus. I need to say yes. Father, thank you. Thank you for those who have said yes to you today. I pray that where they sit in this room or where they sit in another room in this building, in the chapel or in the video cafe, God, maybe they're sitting at home and watching online. I pray right now. Spirit of God, that you would meet with them in a powerful way as they just pray a simple little prayer and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I don't want to be a slave to sin anymore. I want to live a new way. Be the Lord. Be the leader of my life. Forgive me of those things that I have done. Thank you for rescuing me, Jesus. And as they pray that prayer today, I pray, God, that you will meet with them. I know that you will. 
Give them the courage to tell somebody about the decision they made. If they're here in the building, help them to walk over to the yes corner after this service and talk to Pastor Melanie and get some good information. And Lord, to to just begin this journey strong. And then, Father, I just pray for the rest of us. Lord, those of us who call you by name, who who have said yes, but God, who are just, Lord, who struggle and are enslaved. And God, as we worship today, I pray that you would break chains, that you would set people free, that God, you would deliver in the name of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to worship. I want to read one verse to you. And then as we sing this song, I want you to listen to the lyrics and I want you just to respond however you feel as the Spirit leads you. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit. You received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. And now we call Him Abba, Father. Father.